you're listening to Church of Hope's podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope today's teaching encourages and inspires you. Check out hopeinocala.com for more resources on this journey called life. Here's today's teaching. Listen, I don't know what you might be thinking or feeling this morning, but I want you to know something clearly. Jesus Christ is as much alive today as he was yesterday, two weeks ago, two months ago, and he'll be in two months from today. All hope is alive. Now, some of you don't believe that, but guarantee you, in 45 minutes from right now, you're going to become an unglued, and you're going to take the depression and the discouragement and kind of wondering what in the world's going on. You're going to understand that Jesus Christ is your singular source of hope. With that said, I want you to turn your Bibles to Genesis 16 and 18, Genesis 16 and uh, chapter 18, and uh, there's a verse that uh, is really appropriate for us to lean into this morning. Uh, The Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. When you're hoping for something, when you're longing for something in your mind, you got this idea that I'm hoping that this happens. Or I'm hoping that that doesn't happen, right? And when it doesn't happen, when you don't have the kind of experience that you're hoping for, the Bible says that your heart becomes sick. Now, who remembers this little commercial? It goes something like this. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Right? You know what I'm talking about. And my hunch is probably over the last couple days, there's been some plop, plop, Fizz, fizz. And probably some of y'all have been drinking your Alka-Seltzer or taking your Tums or whatever it is because you've had this upset stomach and you're kind of wigging out, kind of wondering what in the world is going on. I want you to know something. To those of you who are followers and believers in Jesus Christ, when you made a decision for Jesus, he plopped the Holy Spirit in your life. The hope that we have is not what happens externally, but to every Christ follower, the hope that you have is when Jesus Christ inserted the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. See, here's the deal, is the subject of your hope becomes your focus. The object of your hope becomes your obsession. And the absence of whatever you're hoping for, it's become your depression. And God in his word this morning is going to teach us. And there's a story in the Bible that is so appropriate, it could be on the pages of our newspaper today. You got your Bible, right? Genesis chapter 16. Notice what it says in verse 1. Now, Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. She was hoping that she would give Abram some children. But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. I want you to see the cray-cray. When you focus on something or someone other than Jesus, you are headed towards a cray-cray moment in your life. If you don't know what cray-cray, that's short for crazy, right? The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. (laughs) Abraham agreed to what Sarah said. So Abraham had been living in Canaan 10 years. Sarah and his wife took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. 
He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarah and Abraham, you are responsible for the wrong. Do you see the craziness? She goes to him and says, listen, I can't have no babies. So here's the deal. I sleep with my servant. In our language today, hey, listen, I can't have no babies. Here's my best friend, my girlfriend, my coworker. Go sleep with her, and she'll give us some babies. Would you agree this is crazy? I'm I'm telling you, the object of your focus becomes your obsession. The subject of your hope, it becomes your focus. And the absence of what you've been hoping for, it becomes your depression. That's exactly what's happening in this story. She says, uh, I put my slave in your arms, and now that she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me, your slave in your hands. Abraham said, do with her whatever you think is best. And Sarah mistreated Hagar. Listen, it's not a good day when you and I start stepping in on God. God has a plan. And God's plan is really, 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 really good. And just because you prayed a certain way and God's plan didn't work out the way you were praying, it doesn't mean that God's plan isn't good. A lot of us are like the person over at Daytona Beach who got caught in a riptide, floated out a little bit. Lifeguard noticed, doesn't look like he's doing too good. Looks like he's drowning. He's flaying his arms around and he's trying. He's, he's beating the water and he's in it. And so lifeguard goes out there, right? And so lifeguard gets about three feet from him. I mean, the guy's just flaying, beating his arms, expending of all his energy. And it looks like from a distance that this lifeguard doesn't care very much because this lifeguard is staying about three feet away, just treading water. Save me, save me. His arms are flaying all over the place. Lifeguard knows. And if you ever served as a lifeguard, you know, if you get too close to that person right now who feels, I mean, panic, that person who's, I mean, just absolutely terrified that they're about to drown, they'll grab you as the lifeguard and you both go down. And so the lifeguard stays about three feet back until you get tired out. I'm telling you, there's a whole bunch of us you're flaying your arms around. You're worried. You're all stressed out. You're all anxious. You're not sure. And all this cause. You're getting on Facebook and you're falling into all. And, and listen, our God is three feet from us. He wants to step in and save us. But here's the deal. Until we stop leaning on our own understandings and until we start trusting God with everything, he's not stepping in. This is crazy what Sarah's doing. Sarah's saying, listen, since I can't have a baby, uh, okay, uh, you sleep with, my, you sleep with my, my servant. It's pretty crazy, too, that Abraham went alone to get alone. It's been kind of the disease of us men for a real long time, hasn't it, guys? We've been getting along, go along, rather than standing up and being the men that God called you to be and say sometimes no. Just a thought. Genesis 21, check this out. The story continues. Just jumping forward a little bit, Genesis 21. I think I said 18, we'll be in 21. Here's what it says. Now, the Lord was gracious. This is some years later, right? She, Sarah doesn't have a baby. She's wanting a baby. Now, the Lord was more gracious to Sarah, as she had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and born a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. 
All right, God's answered my prayers. Hip, hip, hooray. Abraham gave him the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight years old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was 100 years old uh, when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh at me. As she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse the children? Yet I have borne him a son in my old age. The child grew and was weaned, and the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. She's starting a family. Life's all right. This is, this, this is good. But notice verse number 9. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar, the Egyptian, had borne to Abraham was mocking. And she said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son. For that woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, do not be distressed about the boy and your slave woman. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I'll make the son of the slave into a nation also because he is your offspring. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and the skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered into the desert of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she sat down off and sat down about a bow shot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. Think about this. She's serving as a servant, which is a whole bunch of jacked up circumstances, just to think about that, that her own life, she was a slave servant to, to Sarah. She, she didn't make any advancements towards Abraham. Sarah said, listen, you're going to go sleep with my husband, and you're going to produce us. A, and she, she's just doing what she's told. Now, years later, right, it's being held against her. Now Sarah has a son of her own, and Sarah says, listen, I don't want that boy, I don't want that woman around anything. Hey, let me tell you something. When you've taken matters into your own hands, when you've had agitation, irritation, and frustration in your life, it it becomes bitterness in your life. When you try to step in on God, you try to fix it, you try to organize it, you try to get exactly what, what, what you want, how you want it, when you want it, where you want it, in time, that becomes a seed of bitterness. That's happening to Sarah. And she says, just get rid of the problem. Just push the problem on the outside. Rather than leaning in from the beginning and trusting what God said, Sarah, I'm going to lean in. I'm going to provide a family for you. I'll be your God. Instead of her trusting in God, instead of Abraham trusting in God, they took matters into their own hands. They began to think, we know better. We've got a plan. What we think, how we think this event should turn out, this is what we should do. And they took matters into their own hands. And now we've got this lady, Hagar. Abraham sent her out, gave her a bottle of water, gave her a little bit of food. All that's run out. She goes probably about 50 meters away because she can't fathom the idea of watching her son starve, thirst to death. Notice verse 17. Well, make sure you don't lose this. Let's go back to 16. Then she went off and sat down about a bow shot away, and she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there, she began to sob. 
It's okay to have a heavy heart. It's okay to look at life circumstances and to cry and to weep. It's okay to go to God and say, God, I don't understand. How could you let this happen? Why? This makes no sense to me. God's not against us going to him in our, in our pain. Because notice what happens in verse 17. God heard the boy crying. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. And I want you to see what God's word says to you this morning. God's word says to you this morning, then God opened her eyes. And what I just hope in this space this morning is that the Holy Spirit of God will open up our eyes. Not, not the media open up your eyes. Not politics opening up your eyes. Not the events and circumstances that are happening on Facebook and social media. I want God to open up our eyes. And she saw a well of water. See, when God opens up your eyes, you see his supply. Until you let God open up your eyes, you will only see what you think is your source of supply. But when we lean into God, he brings his source. Notice, and she saw a well of water, so she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. And look at verse 20. God was with the boy as he grew old. I'm not going to spend my time teaching this. But Ishmael, the boy's name, he became the father of the Arab nation. And all the way to today, if you want to see the devastation of taking things into your own hand, to this very day, the division, the angst between the Jewish people and the Arab nations all goes back to the story that I just outlined for you. When they're living out the story, they don't think this is going to be a generational divide. They don't think that this is going to be a, a war between Ishmael and Isaac that will go on forever. And just like you, when you post all that nasty stuff on social media, and you start saying things that you have, you have no facts about, but because you heard it from somebody and you post it someplace else, the divide that you could be creating could be just as prolific as the divide that happened in Genesis 21, God is clear. He, through his son, Jesus Christ, he keeps hope alive. The results of an election does not keep hope alive. It is the result of Jesus Christ, God, who lived on this earth for 33 years, who paid the penalty for all of our sins, was buried in a tomb, and three days later became alive. That is is the sole source of keeping our hope alive. That's why in Romans chapter 15, the Bible says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. The reason some of y'all don't have joy online in this space is because you're looking to the wrong source to fill you with hope. The hope that you look for, that you long for, is rooted in a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Christ. 
He fills us with joy and peace as you trust in him. The only reason you showed up this morning without joy, the only reason you showed up today without peace is because you have not chosen to trust in Jesus Christ as your sole source of hope. Because if you wake up today and you live today and you step into every single day of your life and Jesus Christ is your hope, I'm telling you, you're filled with joy. You're filled with peace. There's nothing to stress about that's happening in this world. This is what it means to be a follower, a follower of Jesus. He got more than enough. It says, so that you may overflow with hope. I love that. That you may overflow with hope. That you will overflow. I've got more than enough. Just not a little bit to kind of get by. I'm just surviving. Jesus gives us the kind of life that allows us to thrive in life. Isaiah 40 and and 31. Can we read this together on the big screen? One, two, three, read. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Notice it says, they will soar on wings like eagles. If you keep hanging out with all the turkeys on social media, don't you blame that on God. (laughs) If you're hanging out with all them buzzards on uh, cable news and network news, don't you blame that on God. Because God's promise is that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. He keeps hope alive. So let me give you a couple things that we can do along the way. Number one, if you've been at hope since day one, I have said since day one, trust God. Trust God. Church of Hope, I'm not going to retell the whole story, but literally this church was birthed Because a gathering of Christians in our community came to a point where they could no longer trust God. They wanted to take a very difficult situation into their own hands. They decided they would fix it, and then they would get on with life. And so Church of Hope was birthed on Thanksgiving weekend 2008. And from that day, I have said out loud that the only way to move forward in life is when you trust God. When you trust God for your salvation, Titus 2 and 13, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our blessed hope. My salvation, nobody saved me. It wasn't a political party. It wasn't a denomination. It wasn't a priest or a pastor or a rabbi. In Okinawa, Japan, when I was lost as a goose, I had no hope of heaven and I had no satisfaction in this life. A navigator missionary, Tom Tagliente, invited me to a... It was a Bible study. I didn't know it was a Bible study. It was just free breakfast at the USO. And I went for the free breakfast at the USO so I didn't have to go to the chow hall. And I began to hear the story of Jesus Christ, not from religion. You can't do that and you got to do this. But through a relationship that God is for me and God is not against me. And from that day to this day, I've continued to trust in God alone for my salvation. Now, here's the deal. I get most of you get that. Many of you in your lifetime, I mean, I know you, I've been your pastor in many, many cases for 12 years. You trust God for your salvation. 
The, the whole, like, okay, he died on the cross, he was buried, and, and, and I don't want to go to the, you know, the hell place, and I want to go to heaven. And I, I get it. Many of you have made a decision to be a follower of Jesus. Maybe it was when you were uh, in elementary school. Maybe it was at a vacation Bible school. Maybe it was at a youth camp. Maybe it was in the military. Maybe it was last week. I, I get that. But here's the discrepancy. You trust God for your salvation, which, by the way, is a really big thing. Like, it's 2020. Like, when Jesus died on the cross, it was a long time ago. <laughs> You're putting all your faith and trust in that this man was God and this man was man. And he went on the cross. And because he died on the cross and he was buried, like, supernaturally, he came alive again. That's, that's huge. I mean, that don't make no sense. That's not two plus two equaling four in life. And, and I even talked to you about that whole virgin birth thing, how all that happened. Like, I mean, it's just, it's a huge trust statement to say that you believe this. This is why it's, it, it's so hard to understand. If we trust God for our salvation, why are we not trusting God in every situation? This is the discrepancy. You, you, you have this salvation moment, and you trust him for your salvation. But then when situations don't go your way, you're like, where are you, God? How, how could you let this happen? Oh, you know, when situations go your way, then you're like, okay, God loves me more now, and I'm okay. And then when it doesn't go your way, and you have this yo-yo effect. Sarah got her way. Sarah got her way, and she, she kicked that Hagar woman out, and she kicked that Ishmael out, and, 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 and it, 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 you know, she was eliminating eliminating the evidence that she had disobeyed God, that she wouldn't surrender her, her, her life. But don't you know every single day of her life, she was reminded. And not, not just because Hagar and Ishmael are out there somewhere. What happened in her own family? Isaac, Jacob. And all the, the 12 sons and the way they turned on each other and Joseph and the way all that strife that, that's happened throughout the nation of Israel all the way to this day where they still, her, her offspring, where God said, I'm going to make a great nation out of you, Israel. And all the struggle of Israel throughout all of history, becoming a nation again in 1948, to this very day, going to Israel, they would call themselves a secular country. They, they do not embrace Jehovah God of the Bible. They have Shabbat. They do their Sabbath. They have all the, but as far as, I mean, talk about the pain and the suffering of Sarah. Moms, let me ask you in the room. Is there any greater pain in life than to watch the children that you gave life to veer away from God? And it all rooted in this decision that she decided that she was not going to trust God in this situation. I'm not pregnant, and I want to be pregnant. And God, I've been asking you, and I've been waiting on you, and God, you promised me this, and you haven't done it. So here's what I'm going to do. And she took matters into her own hands, and that division in her own family. And then Ishmael. And she's thinking all those problems are gone. You're thinking if an event 
happens in the world, that somehow the problems that you face will immediately be gone. Listen, when she dismissed Ishmael, when she dismissed Hagar, her problems just began. Isaiah 55 and 9, the Bible says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. It's trusting God in every situation. 1 Corinthians 1 and 27, the Bible says, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Can you say Jesus? You, you understand, Jesus lost so we could win. You, you, you understand that, right? Jesus came and he lost. It was a rigged election. It was unfair. It was unjust. Whatever terms you want to put there. But Jesus went forward losing so that we could go forward winning. That's, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Listen, listen to me. Donald Trump is not your problem, never has been your problem. And Joe Biden is not your problem and never will be your problem. You are your problem. The only problem that anybody has in this space, the only problem anybody has in this space is me, Mark David Cummins, not trusting that Jesus Christ keeps my hope alive. Because when I step up and step in, that he is my foundation. Listen, I, I want you to know something. Prophetically, God is... God is not interested in what's happening in the White House. All that energy and all that fuss and all that Alcacessor and all that stuff that you're going. Listen, God is dealing with his house. God wants his sons and his daughters to sit up and take notice once again. To understand that our citizenship is not in the... Look, look, I taught you a couple weeks ago. Give your vote to a candidate. Absolutely, as a citizen of the United States of America, give your vote to a candidate, but give your heart to Jesus. Some of us are more interested in breaking news on Fox News than you are in opening up and breaking God's word. And I find it so ironic, just like our God. A bunch of Christians are all wigged out now because they think Fox News has turned. Fox News now isn't the conservative voice. The best thing that will happen is no one, no one on cable news is the conservative voice. And the only voice that we start opening up to each and every day is God's word. And you wake up and you say, listen, I'm going to break open God's word. I can't wait to see what God has for me and my family and my life today. Trust God in every situation. Here, look, 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 look what Jeremiah says. Listen, and I'm for you. I'm showing up today to... Give every ounce of energy that I can to encourage you. Look what it says. Jeremiah, this, these are not Mark's words. This is the word of God, Jeremiah 17 and 5. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man. Wow. Who draws strength from mere flesh. And whose heart turns away from the Lord. Listen, I'm not picking on you. I, I get it. You're disappointed. You, things didn't go how you thought or, or, or wanted and what all that. And let me just say, listen, I get 
election isn't completely official and all that jazz yet, but to those who kind of weren't a Trump fan, and you think now because uh, um, uh, Biden and Harrison, and you think all your your problems just starting. Just like a whole bunch of Christians' problems started in 216 when you began thinking, oh, now that we got this guy. The problem is not out there. The problem has always been in here. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. Oh, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Notice the very next verse. The heart is deceitful. See, right now, some of y'all are convincing yourself well, but Mark doesn't really understand, and you know we kind of need to be we kind of need to be educated and kind of understand because you know policies and all these kind of things. And you know, oh, no, look, 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 the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to their deeds deserve. So trust God. Trust God for your salvation. Trust God in every situation. And let me give you this. We've said this from day one. We're going to love people. We're going to love all people. We, we, we love, at Church of Hope, we love, I, I love every single human being that is on the face of this earth today. I, I, don't, I don't care how they vote. I don't care how they identify themselves. All the things that we try to identify. Here is the truth. The truth from God's word. That every man and every woman is created in God's image. And right now in heaven, Jesus Christ is, is making intercession that every man and every woman born will come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. He wants none to perish, but all to come under repentance. The story of God is he wants everybody to discover this hope that we have in Jesus. So we're going to love all people. Notice what it says in 1 Timothy 2. I urge them, Paul's writing to this young pastor, I urge them, first of all, that petitions and prayers and intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people. Notice verse 2. For kings and all those who are in authority. I want you to know that when this election becomes official, and if this election becomes official and it states that Joe Biden is our president, Kamala Harris is our vice president. I'm going to pray for them every single day. I'm going to pray for their success. I'm going to be the best possible citizen that I can ever believe. I'm going to believe that just as much as God had a plan for putting Donald Trump in the White House, that God had a plan in putting Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in the White House. Why? Because my God is in control, and my my life is rooted not in what I can understand, but I have chosen to trust what God is doing is good and it's great. I'll take it one step farther. If Vice President Kamala Harris is the vice president, I will use my voice, and I I will be excited. Let me tell you, as a dad of two daughters, I'm really glad 
that there is a lady now in the role of a vice president. I want my daughters to be able to believe that in America, anybody can arise to the height and the pinnacle. I know what some of you are all like, oh my goodness, I think Mark has lost his mind. What's going on? I can't believe it. I mean, I mean doesn't he know that the, the election is rigged? I mean, didn't you see what someone posted on Facebook that's happening in the back room of Michigan and what's happening in, in Pennsylvania and what's happening in Georgia? I mean, certainly, I mean, Georgia wouldn't be voting. I mean, Georgia, oh, wait, wait, wait. Hey, let me just ask everybody a question right now. Were you in the back room in Michigan? W were you in the back room in Georgia and Pennsylvania and all these other places? Then you're a gossiper and you need to shut up. You need to stop posting all that nasty stuff on your Facebook. I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, I wasn't there. But the Bible says that as a Christ follower, I'm supposed to speak things that are true and honest and pure. Hey, hey maybe there's, listen, there's all kinds of shenanigans happening all over the world right now. Okay, there's all kinds of people trying to, you know, you know, lie and cheat and trying to steal an election. Kind of like a lot of Christians who steal from God every Sunday when you don't tithe and not give your offering. Oh, yeah, you want to complain about what's getting stolen in Michigan and Wisconsin and Nevada, but you want to steal from God. I am telling you, God is doing something with his house. He is waking up men and women, boys and girls, people who want to see God at the pinnacle, who want Jesus to be the center and the point. It is the best time to be alive. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm in it for long haul. I'm not going nowhere. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to, I'm going to keep after it. I'm going to keep after it, right? And, 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 and let me just say this. Help some of y'all out because I realize some, probably somebody want to raise your hand. Probably somebody say, could I have that Alka-Seltzer right now, Mark? <laughs> somebody probably just wants to have it. I'll, I'll share it. Otherwise, it's going to get thrown away, right? I, I, I get it. Hey, hey, and let me say this. If, if there is kind of monkey business going on, then I'm praying God reveals the truth. I, I, I put out a video this week, and it, it is the best way to pray. Always pray for truth. Watch this. Why always pray for truth? Instead of kind of loading up and kind of like you got you to let God know, hey, God, you know, this person thinks like this, and this, God, you got to do this. and everything. Just pray for truth. Why? Jesus, in response to Thomas and the disciples when they were asking, how do we get to heaven? How, how, how do we get, he, Jesus says this, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man gets to the Father except through me. Watch this. Jesus doesn't do truth. Jesus is truth. So, so here's the deal. When you pray for truth, you put Jesus on the scene. You, you, you put Jesus on the scene, and let me tell you, when Jesus is on the scene, he He'll take care of whatever needs to be taken care of. It might not happen in 2020. It might not happen in 2021. It might not happen in 2022. Oh, but there's coming a day where he will put all truth in place. Let me wind this down. Look what it, let me just finish from, from um, Timothy. So we're going to pray for kings and all those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there's one God and one mediator between God and mankind. It's the man, Christ Jesus. Look at John chapter 13. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. 
you must love one another. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> you, 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 you can put your Joy FM sticker on the back of your car. You can put your backwards fish on the back of your car. Uh, you can say you're not going to go to these kind of movies. Go to those kind of movies. <laughs> Nobody's going to the movies right now. <laughs> right? You, 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 you get it. The Bible says, look at verse 35, by this, by the love that you have for other people, that's how they know that you are my Jesus disciples. If you love one another. It's easy to love somebody who thinks like you and acts like you and votes like you and all that jazz. It's challenging to love somebody who thinks differently, acts differently, looks differently. 1 Peter 3 and 15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer for everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And that's the kind of revival. That, that through all of the hurt, loss, pain, grief, division, all the things that are happening in our culture, that we travel through it so well and so healthy, people start saying, Man, what kind of drugs are you taking? Because I need some of that. Well, how are you able to, you know, why aren't you, like, posting certain kind of pictures? And why aren't you saying about all the things that are happening? What allows you to have peace? And then you get to say, Jesus. Here's the last thing is invest your life for God's glory. Invest your life. More, more than a career, a job that you go to, your life is an opportunity to bring glory. It's, in other words, it's to make Jesus the tallest in the room. 1 Corinthians 10 and 31. So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Taught you a couple weeks ago. When you went in and voted, do it for the glory of God. If, if your guy wins, you know, give the glory to God. If your guy loses, give the glory to God. As you go to work tomorrow, give glory to God. As, you're, as you work, as you interact. I mean, I, hey, 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 hey. I, I, I get it. Um, there, there are moments people are critical on you and they, they say things and all this kind of stuff and get, get upset with you. I, I mean, I totally understand that. But right now, we've got a really good opportunity to let the world know that we are, we are Christians. That we, we, we exist because Jesus Christ changed our life. And as far as this church, from day one, we said out loud, Ocala didn't need another church. And so we were going to focus our energy on partnering with people to discover that in Christ we have hope. So if we're able to keep meeting in person like this, we're going to partner with people to discover in Christ we have hope. If all of a sudden a decision is made that we can't meet like this and we got to go online, we're going to partner with people to discover in Christ we have hope. If there's a mandate that says every place that you are, when you're in your own bathroom, it's your own house, you've got to wear a mask. We are going to partner with people to discover in Christ we have hope. If they say you don't have to wear a mask, we're going to partner with people to discover in Christ we have hope. If there's a liberal in the White House, we're going to partner with people 
to discover in Christ we have hope. If there's a conservative in the White House, we're going to partner with people to discover in Christ we have, have hope. Hey, 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 listen. <laughs> it's not about a donkey, and it's not about an elephant. It's always been about the Lion of Judah, Jesus Christ, who is our Savior. And hear me. Hear me. Here, here, here it is. I've been waiting the entire 35 minutes to tell you this. You keep hope alive. You keep hope alive when you trust God for your salvation. When you trust God in every situation. When you love people, regardless of who they are, you keep hope alive. When you invest your one and only life for the glory of God, you keep hope alive. You keep hope alive when you trust in circumstances and situations and events that make no earthly sense to you. But when you trust that God is in control, you keep hope alive. When you love somebody who's been mean-spirited and critical, who says and does things that just absolutely irritate you, you keep hope alive. When you show up at your workplace and you say, I'm going to be the best employee to, you keep hope alive. When you get up in the morning and you choose to open up God's word and you let God's word come into you, you keep hope alive. I don't want to get lost on you. 3G Sundays this year. They're, they're, they're coming. And um, we're going to feed people. We're going to bring them on our campus. And there's a lot of logistics. I need you to text this number. I need you to get involved. I need you to stop thinking the world revolves around you. I need you to jump in. This is, listen, listen. listen. We, we are going to keep hope alive. We are going to step out into this this community. We've been doing that for 12 years, without a doubt. But we're, we're, we're not stopping because maybe uh, an event didn't go exactly how we wished or thought. We're, 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 we need, we're going to need everybody's help coming in during the week and getting all the food organized and, and, and delivering it on that, on that Sunday. And then the, the, the Christmas presents, when that's out next week, man, take, 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 take one of those and, and provide. Let me plant this other thing about keeping hope alive. I realize Christmas is, is off in the future a little bit, but not, not that far. And every year we have what's called Jesus at the top offering. And I, I want you to begin thinking and praying about you giving your best. It's his birthday. It makes sense. I'm going to give my best financial gift to Jesus. It's his birthday. I'm going to give gifts to Linda and to my girls and, and, and family. But I want you to begin, begin thinking. There's really three things that I want to say out loud. One is this. <clears throat> the Bible Project, there, we might not be able to travel internationally like we, we once did. And mission work might be challenged. But the Bible Projects, with our partnership with Aaron Brakefield, we can translate God's word into people's own language, and God's word will do the work of leading people to discover hope in Jesus in places that we'll never go. And so that's one of ours. Second is, and I'm saying this for the first time publicly, one is 
we've got to really begin to look at our online community and developing content um, to reach people. Because more than ever, people are going to connect online. And so we got to get, we got to get prepared for that. That's going to take time, it's going to take energy, and it's going to take, it's going to take cash. But it's all about keeping hope alive. All right, I planned those seeds for you. Stand with me, all right? I'm going to pray over you. Stretch it out a little bit. I love you. I, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Today is the day. Today's the only day we get to be alive. And if God gives us tomorrow, I'll be just as, just as excited. Our great God is up to something that is so incredible. And we're just going to keep praising him along the way. We're going to trust him, love people, invest our lives. God, I love you. I, I thank you for these precious men and women. God, how special they are. And we're in a season where we kind of wonder. And it's so tempting like Sarah to take the events that are happening in the world right now in our own hands to kind of fix it, help you out a little bit. But I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would fall on all of us right now, that we would just clearly understand that you got this, like you're God. God, help us to trust you. Help us to love people who are saying things and doing things, and it's so... You know our heart, God. Do something inside of us. I mean, we're following you, and Jesus, like, people crucified you, and you forgave them. So I certainly can be a whole lot more loving and kind towards people and help us to invest our life. If you're here this morning and you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, I would be so wrong by not giving you a chance right now. I don't know if, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, if the Spirit of God is talking to you right now, right where you are, just pray, say, hey, Jesus, save me. That's what the man on the cross said. Hey, save me. And he did. Believe in your heart right now that God loves you. You know that you've sinned. Just say to him, God, I've sinned against you. I can't fix my sin. But I believe, Jesus, you can. And I invite you right now to save me. And to all who are praying that prayer, welcome. Welcome to God's family. And before you leave today, I would love to connect with you. And the best way for me to do that is if you'll just, before you walk out of the auditorium, if you'll just text the word today to 63566. I love you, God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. Fill us and guide us and direct us. Bless each person today. May they walk in your favor as they choose to trust and obey. For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Peace. Love you.